All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Daily Faceoff Live. It's a Friday, December 16th edition, and we are streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, as well as, of course, dailyfaceoff.com. He's former NHL player, my friend Colby Cohen, and current Chicago Blackhawks analyst. Colby, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Frank, but I walked outside this morning with my dogs, and the snow is coming down fast and furiously, so I'm going to be out there salting and shoveling soon. So if you ask me in an hour, probably not so good. Yeah, but I, I don't think our guy in Edmonton, Tyler Ramchuk, wants to hear anything about your weenie issues of snow and, and cold in Chicago. So just park that for, for later on. This, this ain't the place to complain. You're right. Fair enough. Okay, I stand corrected. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's drop the puck with, how about the New York Rangers, who have suddenly won five straight and in the process of dispatching the Toronto Maple Leafs on Thursday night at the Garden, also had a hand in ending Mitch Marner's point streak at 23 games, ending the Leafs' point streak, which was impressive enough, at 15 games. So when you look at the New York Rangers, Colby, who have gotten together it together by winning five in a row now, is this simply a case of... Igor Shesterkin playing better or are the Rangers also playing better in front of him? Oh, you know, I think it's a little bit of both, Frank. And I, I would say it's probably 60-40 as far as Shesterkin playing better versus the team playing better because you look at the scores and you look at, you know, what he's been limiting other teams to. In Toronto last night, he only gives up one close game with uh, 
Vegas the other night, close game with Boston recently. And they've, they've, they've played better hockey. They've gotten more scoring, a little bit of depth scoring. I think that the younger players who always seem to be the top of the talk between, you know, Hito, Lafreniere, and Kako, those guys have been contributing. So I think a little bit of depth scoring and a good amount of, of play by Igor Shosturkin. And now all of a sudden, we were talking about Gerard Gallant's seat being hot about, I don't know, 10 days ago when they lost to the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't think that's the case right now. It shouldn't be. And it's amazing, though, how so much of having a good goalie can really cure a lot of your issues and and paper over. And all of a sudden, we're not talking about Gallant anymore. And you look at Igor Shesterkin in the month of December, a 5-0-1 record. He's only allowed 13 goals against in six starts and has a 9-30 save percentage. I mean, it feels maybe too simple to say, hey, this was simply a matter of Shesterkin finding himself as the reigning Vezina Trophy winner. But I still would like to see way more from the New York Rangers young guys who we saw that progress and step being made last year in the playoffs that really just hasn't continued with any consistency to this point this year. But they've gotten the consistency over this last stretch, Frank. And the reason that I have belief in those young guys is because I watched them do it in the playoffs. And we all know the playoffs, is a, it's a much taller task than the regular season. If these three had lit it up all year last year, they'd been a dominant line, and then they got to the playoffs and they were invisible, I would say TBD. And I would say they still need to prove themselves. But the fact that they did it in the playoffs, it gives me belief. Looking at their team, though, Frank, I know Patrick Kane is the guy everybody's talking about wants to end up or could end up in New York. I think they need to get a little meaner on the back end. I think they need a little bit of depth and a little bit of size uh, in the bottom of their lineup. So ultimately, we'll see. But at the end of the day, it's going to rise and it's going to fall with Igor Shosturkin, just like last season. Yeah, just like last season. And speaking of the Rangers, it's Friday. Let's play a little game. This or that. We'll dive into some players. But I've got this or that questions for you from a team perspective. And the first one is, which team is facing more pressure to make the playoffs? Is it the Rangers, who went to the conference final last year? Or is it the Florida Panthers, largely in the same spot as the Rangers in the standings, who had 122 points and won the President's Trophy this year and then basically blew up their roster? Yeah, I think it's the New York Rangers, Frank. And I think for the sheer reason that it's New York, it's New York City, it's a big market, it's the East Coast, a lot of national TV windows, you know, you hear about the salary cap and how can the salary cap go up? Well, teams like the New York Rangers have long runs into the playoffs and generate more and more hockey related revenues. So at the end of the day, for me, I think that's an easy question to answer. Um, I think that the Florida Panthers, it's great to see the way that they've come alive over the last couple of seasons. But at the end of the day, if you're asking me to pick, it's an easy one and it's the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, the pressure is certainly more on the Rangers. I think the interesting part of it is how the Panthers have framed their season as well. Their GM and Bill Zito uh, mentioning earlier this week in a story on NHL.com that he's thrilled with the progress that they've made. It's almost like they expected to take a step back this season and then with you know, upwards of $13 million in salary cap space upcoming this summer, plus whatever increase happens in the cap, that the Panthers could be in a huge position to take a step forward next year, uh, as opposed to doing it in back-to-back -back years with a new coaching staff and all of these new faces. So I'm going to throw another tougher question at you from a team perspective. Which team 
that both of them desperately need to rip the Band-Aid off and probably tear things down is going to make the playoffs first. The Vancouver Canucks or the Philadelphia Flyers? Oh, this is, you're not kidding. This is a tough question because this is two organizations with zero direction. And you see a little bit of winning happening right now in Vancouver. Uh, it's been widely tracked, the, the discomfort between management and head coach in Vancouver. But you could make the same case in Philadelphia. I mean, I know Chuck Fletcher brought in John Tortorella, but I think John Tortorella has put a lot of heat on Chuck Fletcher, put a lot of heat on Flyers executives. Um, for some direction coming from the executive team in Philadelphia. I'm going to go ahead and say the Philadelphia Flyers. And, you know, it might be an unfair answer for me, but I'm just more familiar. I watched the Philadelphia Flyers more. I worked in that market. I've really enjoyed what John Tortorella has brought to that team. I don't think Bruce Boudreaux is long-term in Vancouver. I do think John Tortorella has a solid window in Philadelphia. So for that reason, I'm going to pick the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay, I'm going to say Vancouver just because I think they have some better core pieces in Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson and Thatcher Demko checking some positional boxes. But the Flyers, like even they don't have a lot coming, which is the really tough part. You take a look at some (laughs) rankings, the TSN top 50 that Craig Button put out this week, you know, just highlighting some of the prospects. Flyers didn't have a single guy in the top 50. That makes it incredibly difficult to swallow what they're going through at this exact moment in time, sort of in the NHL's no man's land. So let's flip this and do this or that from a player perspective. And here's one. As you look at two guys that are in contract years, both have had phenomenal seasons. Who has earned themselves more money this year with their play on the ice? Is it Bo Horvat or is it David Pasternak? Yeah, so when I first thought about this question, I, I, I my initial reaction was David Pasternak. But as I thought a little bit more about it, you know, I think Pasta was going to get paid and get around, you know, 11, maybe $12 million, you know, probably like 11 anyways. And, and obviously, he's had an incredible start to the season. Um, and so I go over to Bo Horvat, and I actually think his play is going to give him the bigger jump in what potentially could have been expected to what he's actually going to get because he started at such an incredible pace. Like David Pasternak has been doing this consistently. I think, yes, did he make himself a little bit more money? Sure. But I think the compare, I think maybe 5%, 10% more for Pasternak. I think Horvat maybe 20, 25% more based on his output in the season. And not to mention Horvat is doing it on a team that's been inconsistent and Horvat has been doing it on a, you know, they haven't been all that good this season and he's still putting up those numbers while Pasternak is on arguably the best team in the NHL. Yeah. I never envisioned that we'd get to this point in mid December and Bo Horvat would be sitting in a position with two more goals than David Pasternak. And I think for that reason alone, I think you you hit the argument on the head perfectly in the sense that Pasternak was always going to be paid and maybe he helped himself a little bit with the start to the season. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Bo Horvat has earned himself somewhere between 10 and 16 additional million dollars with how well he's played to start the season. Now, it may depend on how he closes out the year. It may depend on what the trade deadline looks like and if he lands in a spot where he's going to be signing long-term or if he's a rental and he needs to have a good playoff run, things like that. That's all important. 
But at this very moment in time, I think Bo Horvat has earned himself a lot more. So let's throw one more this or that question at you. Which restricted free agent, assuming both end up signing long-term deals with their teams, will be paid more? Trevor Zegers in Anaheim or Cole Caulfield in Montreal? I think Cole Caulfield in Montreal. I really do. And I know you and I don't exactly see eye to eye on this one, Frank. And I, I look at his pure goal scoring ability out of Cole Caulfield. I look at the speed that he plays with. And I look at his coach who he plays for, Marty St. Louis. I think Marty St. Louis is going to get the absolute best out of Cole Caulfield. He's still young. He's still developing. And ultimately, I just like his game a little bit more. Now, Trevor Zegers, being a BU guy, usually I always go with my biasm towards my BU guys. But at the end of the day, I think Trevor's a fun player to watch. I think he's exciting. But I think Cole Caulfield will shake out to be a better player and get more money than Trevor Zegers. It's such a tough question because goals are always at a premium. But I think Zegers has not only captured the attention of a lot of fans around the NHL, and it's not just for the creative plays that he make he makes. I think in this case, Zegers is probably a bit more of a complete player at this point in the game than Cole Caulfield is. Still a lot of room for Caulfield to grow. It's a fantastic question because I could kind of see them both ending up in a very similar neighborhood in terms of AAV when it's all said and done. That brings us to our uh, weekly Friday segment, buy a beer. Who are you buying a beer for? Uh, who would you like to hand a cold one to around the hockey world? Yeah, it's a little bit of a heavy-hearted hand of a beer today, Frank, because it's for our friend John Butchergrass, who lost his father at 91 years old just a couple of days ago. Um, he actually moved in with his parents two years ago in Plymouth, Massachusetts, just to look after them and help take care of them. And in some of their later years, he was incredibly close, uh, has, has told me before that he followed his dad around so much when he was a kid that if his dad would have been a drug dealer, he would have been a drug dealer. And Steve Levy actually mentioned that on the air the other night, just to illustrate how much John looked up to his father. So uh, I was with Butchie last weekend. We were doing a game together, BU versus BC. We had a ton of fun. We talked actually about his parents um, and, and the time that he's getting to spend with them and some of the different things that he's getting to do with them. So then it's tough 48 hours later for him to have to say goodbye to his dad and his best friend. So for that reason, Butchie, the beer's for you. It's on me. Love you and hope to see you soon, pal. Yeah, well said. And we all send our thoughts and condolences to the Butcher Gross family. Doesn't matter how old, 91 years old, a life well lived, nothing can really compare, uh, prepare you for losing a parent. So uh, certainly he's in our thoughts. Um, I'm going to go a little more lighthearted and I'm going to buy a beer for Ryan Reeves. He's someone that's come into the Minnesota Wild and he threw what many would argue is the hit of the year earlier this week. But I marvel still at the impact that he's been able to have, not just on the ice in terms of a hit like that, but on a Minnesota team. And perhaps you could say this is overstated, that one player coming in is not going to impact a team that much, especially for the amount of ice time that Reeves gets. But the Wild are 8-3 and three at this point since Reeves has been added to the team for just a 2025 fifth-round pick. And I think you've seen some of the other things that have gone on with Reeves off the ice, the fire and energy that he shows in reading out the lineup card before a game, the swagger that he brings. And that's exactly what Wild GM Bill Guerin talked about when acquiring him. Yes, he's a big personality, but 
this team needed that. And I think it's up to a former a player that is an executive like Bill Guerin who can read the room and see what this team needs and understands. In order to bring in someone like that, there's always maybe a little bit of a risk that it doesn't work out. But in this case, Ryan Reeves, the last of a dying breed in terms of the way that he plays the game, uh, certainly still has a ton of value that he brings. So, Ryan Reeves, this beer is for you. Enjoy a cold one on me. And that brings us to uh, some fantasy talk this week with our pal Nick Alberga. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. That's right. Pleased to welcome back to the show our guy, Nick Alberga, who's on Leafs Morning Take Monday through Friday with former NHL enforcer Jay Rosehill. This fantasy talk this week is delivered to you by DoorDash. Nick, when you take a look at the Ottawa Senators, another big loss. Tim Stutzla, such an elite player in so many different categories. With him being out, from a fantasy perspective, who are some fantasy players that owners could look to to cover up a hole like that in their lineup? Well, firstly, I think internally you have to look at Shane Pinto and the rookie season he's been having. Granted, I believe Derek Broussard has uh, been promoted to that top line so far, but there's still that that top six exposure for a Shane Pinto. So automatically, he's the first guy I would look at if you want to fill that uh, role in- internally. He scored in the game the other night, so that's great to see. I think, honestly, your best look's going to be externally. Jack Roslevic of the Columbus Blue Jackets, JT Confort to an extent with Colorado. It's a work in progress there with all the injuries, as we know. But they're they're slowly starting to get healthier, so I would look out for the Avalanche. Michael Backlund's on a five-game point streak here for the Calgary Flames. And Anthony Sorelli, I think, is another dark horse player to look at. He's got that center eligibility in fantasy hockey. He has six assists in six games so far this season for the Lightning. Well, Nick, we can't talk about fantasy hockey without talking about the impact of the loss of Dylan Larkin for the Detroit Red Wings. So when you look at that lineup, who, who's going to pick up the minutes? Who's going to pick up the points? And, and who could be an attractive option for somebody who did have Dylan Larkin and they were relying on them for their fantasy roster? 
Yeah, for me, it's a it's a big time conundrum right now, Colby. When it comes to Detroit in general, is it time to fade? Like even Maritz Siders had a tough sophomore season. Um, they're banged up right now. You referenced the the, the hit the other night on Philip Heronik. Like it's 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 been a tough stretch for Detroit, and maybe coming back to reality just a tad. Uh, Dominic Kubalik is another guy I'm sort of wondering about too. He's pointless in four straight games. Great news on Jacob Vrana earlier today. We'll see when he can return to the Detroit lineup. Bertuzzi's injured right now. I think there's a variety of different routes you can go and you look at their top six right there via dailyfaceoff.com. Michael Rasmussen's probably not the guy I'm looking at. It's going to be Andrew Kopp playing with Kubelik and Raymond. I think he's their bona fide and, and their best center at that right now. I know Rasmussen has been elevated. But again, I think you're going to be look externally at those options. Again, Pinto's another guy, Confer, Backlund, Sorelli. Um, I think specifically when it comes to Detroit, I am probably fading them right now, guys, in fantasy hockey. Yeah, Nick, I think you take a look at that Detroit lineup and you just realize how thin it gets in a hurry. Not many teams can withstand taking that many top players out of the lineup, but certainly not a team like Detroit and uh, where they're trying to get to. And another team that's dealt with a number of significant injuries this year, but has really begun to turn it around in the last couple of weeks, 6-3-1 and one in their last 10, that's the Washington Capitals. So as they've played a bit better, who do you have your eye on on the Caps roster from a fantasy perspective? It really makes no sense too, right? With all the players out of that lineup. And then you compound that with the fact that Darcy Kemper has been on the shelf since December 4th. But I think Charlie Lindgren deserves a shout out here on the show. 5-1-0 since December 4th, a 1.85, a 9.36. So they're getting the goaltending right now, which is ironic with Ilya Samsonov coming into town for the Maple Leafs coming up on Saturday. I love the revenge narrative. But other players I would look at, Anthony Mantha, six points in his last five. Connor Sherry's got five points in his last five. And Dylan Strom, I think, quietly, guys, had a really, really respectable season coming off that year with Chicago last year, really found his game in the second half. He has six points in the last seven, not to mention in the new year, guys, right? I think Washington's going to get much better, much improved. Tom Wilson seems to be on the mend, and you just never know with Nick Backstrom. I think as long as Ovechkin is there, this team is going to continue to linger in the periphery of the Eastern Conference Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Nick, to see whether they can get in. They've got a long road to go mm -hmm. in order to get there, but maybe getting some guys back, hopefully healthy in relatively short order. Thanks so much to Nick Alberga for joining us for some fantasy talk this week. His segment was brought to you by DoorDash. You see the promo code there at the bottom of your screen. Game day 25 gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with DoorDash. Thanks so much to Nick. Uh, all your favorites and more delivered right to your door by DoorDash. We'll talk to you soon, Nick. Sounds good. Take care. All right, Colby, time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hashtag AskDFO. Hit us up. We'd be happy to take yours on social media. And my question to you is pretty simple. The offside call on Connor McDavid, which negated Leon Dreisaitl's OT winner on Thursday night. Was it the right call or the wrong call? It was the right call, Frank, because he doesn't have possession of the puck. And I know everybody's going to argue it. I've seen it on Twitter. Uh, I've seen Dave Jackson on Twitter. I've seen Tim, Pil Tim, Tim Peel on Twitter. Obviously, those guys have refereed at the NHL level for a very long time. So when I see those guys talking about something, look, I'm all ears. I've never been an official, mostly just argued with officials. So <laughs> I, I do think that this was the right call because of Ryan O'Reilly's stick the way that he kind of, you know, steered Connor McDavid. And 
interrupted the possession of the puck right there. If if he continues to hold on to possession there and keeps that puck within, you know, a couple inches of his stick, okay, maybe you have a better argument. But to me, he lost possession. It's rare to see Connor McDavid lose possession of it just about anything. But here I think the right call was made. Yeah, I think certainly by the letter of the law, the correct call was made. But I also watch this and knowing the player with the puck on his stick or close to it, I'm watching it and saying the point is really well made by you about the stick check and how that sort of interrupts things. But in this case, I was never in doubt that McDavid had complete control of the puck and where it was heading. Like he was directing it. He knew where his body was heading. This is the best player in the world that we're talking about. So I understand where he's coming from, um, but I do think that they did get the call right. So I don't know if that speaks to maybe some of the gray area that exists, but um, I kind of see it from both sides. Well, Frank, I think that you're spot on in that, yes, you can start to see McDavid. He's looking down at the puck and he's like, okay, I'm going to have to play this with my skate. You know, he's readjusting on the fly because, again, you know, we're talking about the best hockey player in the world. Um, But that does not mean he lost possession. You can lose possession and still have a play on the puck. You know, players all the time chip a puck in order to get it for themselves or, you know, pull a puck into their feet in order to create a little bit of space for themselves along the wall, whatever it may be. But they still, that split second right there, when Ryan O'Reilly gets his stick in there just enough and makes contact with the shaft of uh, Connor McDavid's stick, he does lose control. That does, again, to your point and where I think that you are correct, he's just basically like, okay, I lost possession. Now I have to readjust. His right skate is what's coming next. That, that's going to kick it right back up to his stick. So ultimately, yes, the way the rule is written, it was the right call. But we could argue for days at a time that McDavid always knows what he's doing, regardless of control or not. Yeah, 100%. And don't go about comparing this to the Kale McCarr play from the playoffs last year. Not even remotely similar. That was a tag-up play for one, and they're two totally different rules, tag-up versus a regular offside play. Not only that, but McDavid skates actually entered the zone first in this case, which McCarr did not either. That brings us to our daily face-off points bet, daily bet segment with our guy Tyler Ramchuk, who... May have more snow on the ground than Colby? Uh, it's actually been pretty good for the last couple of days, but my uh, front lawn is starting to pile up quite a bit. There has been a lot of shoveling this year. So, yeah, no complaints from Colby. I don't want to hear any of that Chicago yeah, you chose snow You chose to live there, okay? You chose this life. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Well, I'm going to be staying in Alberta for my points bet daily bet. So let's jump right into it. Courtesy of our friends at points bet Canada, the St. Louis blues got the big shootout dub over the Oilers last night tonight, even though I am wearing an Oilers nation sweater, but I'm riding with flames nation tonight. I'm taking Calgary on the puck line at plus plus one twenty. This one all comes down to goaltending Thomas Grice getting the start for the St. Louis blues in his last five starts. So removing the game where he came in, in a relief appearance, He's allowed 21 goals in those five starts. Jacob Markstrom, confirmed starter for the Flames, 11 goals against in his last five starts. That is quite the difference. The Blues on back-to-back, the Flames at home at the Saddle Dome. I love taking Calgary minus a goal and a half, and I'm getting plus money on it, so not bad. And for the second time this week for a prop, I'm going to the Matt Zuccarello shop prop set at two and a half. He's hit this in 10 straight games. 
for reference, we saw Rasmus Dahlin go on a run earlier this year where he hit it in eight, nine, ten straight games. And by the time that streak even got to six or seven, the books had adjusted. It was minus 200. For whatever reason with Zuccarello, they're not moving the line. They're keeping it at minus 130. And all he's doing is crushing this shot prop. So it's a great matchup for the Wild, a great matchup for Zuccarello. And I love him to go over two and a half as my second play tonight, Frank. There he is, Tyler Remchuk, the shot proc king. Love to see it. Uh, thanks to Tyler for our points bet daily <laughs> bet segment. That brings us to garbage time. And usually I cede the floor to you, Colby. But in this case, I wanted to take it because we were just talking about Connor McDavid and the offside sequence. But I wanted to play this clip from what Connor McDavid said after the game. Um, uh, a little bit, I think so. Um, Call in the playoffs, it were a similar type of situation. You, know, you don't know if it's offside or onside, but you know, the league's got to clarify some of these rules. Um, you know, what's a kick, what's offside, what's goalie interference. Um, kind of depends on the night, I guess. So that's Connor McDavid speaking up and speaking out in a way that is not full-throated because you're never going to get that from him. But what I love about McDavid, if you followed him really closely this season, is that he's begun to use his voice a little bit more. He's been a little bit more personable in media interviews. He's used his opinion when he's needed to. And he's got the most important voice in the game. And if you aren't using it, and leaving that in your pocket, I think everyone is at a disadvantage. And so I think we'd all like to see more of that, not necessarily criticizing officials or criticizing the game, but just to ask the question, let's get a little more clarity. Let's get a little bit more consistency on something like this. This is a player that is the fastest player to 60 points in a season in 25 years. He's got 60 points now, 14 clear of anyone that's not wearing an Oilers jersey, meaning uh, Leon Dreisaitl. And just for perspective of how ridiculously good McDavid has been this season, Mitch Marner's point streak just ended at 23 games. And Connor McDavid is 23 points ahead of Mitch Marner. It just shows you how far and away better he is than anyone else right now, currently in the NHL. And to begin to hear a little bit more from the best player on the planet, I think the game is way better off. I'd just love to see more of it. I'm with you, Frank. I think he's got a big voice. He's got a big presence. You like to see that leadership. And the reality is the baton has been passed. I mean, we still have Ovechkin. We still have Crosby. And they're both playing at extremely high levels. But at this point, we know who the best player in the world is. So it's good to see him saying what is on his mind, which we don't ultimately usually see out of hockey players. Yeah, I mean, he even went on Jason Greger's radio show earlier this year and told us about the board games he likes to play. I mean, we're getting Connor McDavid to open up. Let's celebrate that and let's get more of it. Thanks to Colby Cohen. Thanks to Tyler Remchuk and our technical producer, Alex Alar. We had a great week of shows for you on Daily Faceoff Live, but that'll do it for today's edition. We'll be back with you a holiday week next week, Monday, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Until then, have a great weekend, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh. 
All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.